You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Naturopathy Earth Radio and Occult Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about the sham that is Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all the other weight loss programs. But before we begin, the website is naturopathicearth.com. I suggest that you visit it. There's a lot of downloadable PDFs on essential oils. There's numerous wellness articles. You can get a copy of my memoirs, Confessions of an Obese Child, for gratis, for free. And we have a lot of food recipes and a whole bunch of other stuff. So go check it out. Of course, I am a certified wellness coach. I lost over 100 pounds 25 years ago, and I've kept it off successfully. So I want to help you with that if that is something that you need help in and we do have a Patreon account, which is a crowd sourcing, crowdfunding account where you can donate as little as a dollar to five dollars a month to help defray the costs of this meager enterprise. So please go check that out. There is a link on the episode notes for this episode. And also, if you go to the website Naturopathic Earth, you can get to it from there as well. On a side note, before we begin, I do want to talk about the World Cup. Soccer is my favorite sport in the entire world, and I'm hyped. The World Cup and the Euro are my two favorite sporting events and my soccer events. And, and, and arguably the Euro, which is the European World Cup version, essentially it's only European countries, is probably more interesting and exciting than the World Cup. And that's every four years, but it's two years alternating from the World Cup. So the last one was in 2016. Next one's in 2020. Uh, because there's a lot of talent in, in the world that is not even close to like the 24th best European team. So like <laughs> today they have the first group. It's like Morocco's playing, Saudi Arabia's playing. These are just horrible teams that, that even third-tier European countries or second-tier Latin American countries would arguably beat. Either way, though, I am very hyped. This only happens every four years. And so I am watching that. Speaking of watching, I am watching this in a foreign country. As you are listening to this right now, I'm still in Canada. I'm a voice from Canada. And I am over in the Maritime Provinces. So probably by now I'm in Quebec, which I visited 20 years ago. It's a beautiful part of Canada. And I, some people are like, well, are you worried about telling people you're not home? Honestly, guys, I'm a teacher. You can break into my house. There is nothing here worthwhile to take. Okay. So I really don't have a worry or a problem by that, but I will be back soon. So we will have more live episodes or liver episodes than the ones we are now. I'm actually recording this in middle of June, middle of June. Okay. So let's talk about Weight Watchers because you know, I, when it comes to weight loss, I get angry. I get angry about shams, shams and scams. Okay.
Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I did not lose my weight through uh, sleeve surgery, bariatric surgery, anything like that. I lost my weight in the early 90s before these surgeries were popularized. And I also didn't use any of these diet companies like Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers and whatnot. Uh, If you listen to the Confessions of an Obese Child episode called How Did I Lose My Weight? I think it's episode number 22 on iTunes. Go check it out. I talk about how I lost my weight, but I didn't use the plans. Now, my parents, the years preceding my weight loss, did take me to dietitians and did get me in these programs where, you know, you have the point system and the cards and each card represents a protein and a carb and all these things. And and I just, it didn't work for me. And I'm not saying it's necessarily because of the program not being a valid or good program, but I just wasn't ready to give up my, my emotional eating, my binge eating. You know, I loved it too much, even though I knew it was killing me and leading and continuing this self-loathing that I had. But the reason I wanted to bring up this episode is because I am a cynic, as you can clearly tell from all these episodes uh, that I do. I don't, I don't typically shine a positive light on humanity. Maybe again, this is, has to do with the fact that I grew up overweight and I was bullied quite heavily and that maybe put a seared an image into my mind that mankind isn't the best. But I do see friends try Weight Watchers and many times they lose weight. And I think Weight Watchers is such a great uh, business model. It's a great business model. So we're going to be gleaning from Slate. And this has to do with Oprah. Okay, this article is a few years old. Oprah's investment in Weight Watchers was smart because the program doesn't work by Tracy Mann. On October 19th, and this is 2015, Oprah made news by buying 10% stake in Weight Watchers. Analysts quickly speculated about what the move could mean for Weight Watchers, with the general consensus being that Oprah's involvement, endorsement, and ability to promote it on her own network will be a boon to the company. Sure enough, stock prices more than doubled by the end of the day of the announcements and have stayed up since. This makes sense in a lot of ways because Oprah's population of the people that watched her back when she had the talk show since the early 80s she had it, and now she has her own network, are mostly going to be women, middle-aged women who typically have uh, weight issues. At first glance, and in stark contrast to some of the other wellness ideas she touts, Winfrey seems to be investing in a scientifically sound weight loss company. Studies have shown, after all, that Weight Watchers, along with three other popular diets, the Zone Adkins, which is a proto-keto diet, and South Beach, which is similar, leads to modest weight loss, an average about 10 pounds in a year. In fact, those same studies found that only Weight Watchers participants reliably lost more weight than people in control groups who were not enrolled in a diet program at all. At first glance, Weight Watchers works. But the truth is a bit more complicated. Winfrey's venture is, in fact, a brilliant investment, although not necessarily for the reasons she thinks. It's brilliant not because Weight Watchers works, but because it doesn't work. And that's my point. Return business, people. Return business. It's the perfect business model. People give Weight Watchers the credit when they lose weight. Then they regain the weight and blame themselves. This sets them up to join Weight Watchers all over again, and they do. Rinse, lather, repeat. So I'm going to repeat this because this this is the crux of the article. People give Weight Watchers the credit when they lose weight, but then they regain the weight and blame themselves. They don't blame Weight Watchers because it's untenable. 
The company brags about this to its shareholders. According to Weight Watchers business plan from 2001, its members have, quote, demonstrated a consistent pattern of repeat enrollment over a number of years, close quote, signing up for an average of four separate program cycles. And in an interview for the documentary, The Men Who Made Us Thin, former CFO Richard Sandberg explained that the reason the business was successful is because the majority of customers regained the weight they lost. Or as he put it, that's where your business comes from. Yeah. But what about those aforementioned studies showing Weight Watchers works? Well, there's an important catch. While most dieters do lose weight in the short term, they gain most of it back in the long term. We've talked about this in Confessions of an Obese Child podcast series and a couple of these MPE occult health news ones. In one study that followed up with the Weight Watchers dieters over a longer term span, the average dieter had already regained six of the 12 pounds they had lost when researchers checked in two years later. This general pattern is true no matter the diet, and the weight regain only continues in the years that followed. Again, fad diets don't work. Rarely, I should say they work. My lab reviewed 60 years of clinical trials of diets, and we found that people lose an average of 10% of their starting weight on most diets. They lose 10%. But within two to five years have gained back all but two. So in reality, despite the short-term effectiveness of certain diet regimens, the most common outcome of dieting itself by a landslide is either weight regain or trivial weight loss, which leads to a lot of repeat business for companies like Weight Watchers, and that's the whole goal. It's untenable. But no diet, not even Weight Watchers, can claim that more than a small minority of its customers successfully keep the weight off in the long term. Now, to be fair, Weight Watchers doesn't explicitly promise long-term weight loss, but it neglects to mention that it's extremely unlikely and instead makes vague claims on its websites, such as, quote, our proven program works, close quote. Works for what exactly? <laughs> exactly. It's, it works for them making money off of, of, of sheeple. It would be easy for potential customers to misconstrue the website statement that they've helped millions of people change their relationship with food for good. Again, vague statements that promise hope. The problem is that dieting itself leads to a host of physiological changes that undermine long-term effects, long-term efforts to maintain the weight loss. Some of these changes probably evolved to keep us alive in times of famine. For example, if your body detects that not enough calories are coming in, your metabolism changes so you can run your body on fewer calories before leading your body to store more fat. Now, I do not agree with that statement at all. This is a statement that's counter to the concept of fasting, and this is one of the arguments why people say you shouldn't fast. Oh, it slows down your metabolism. No, it doesn't. Evolutionarily speaking, our body is quite used to going days without eating. Now, if you go weeks or months without eating, yes, that could slow your metabolism. But shortening or condensing your eating window or even minimizing your calories on a daily basis will not slow down your metabolism. Dieting also leads to changes in the hormones of the gastrointestinal system, the so-called gut hormones. Some of these hormones, such as leptin and peptide, influence when you feel full, and others, including ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, influences when you feel hungry. 
Levels of leptin and peptid YY decrease after dieting, whereas the levels of ghrelin increase, your hunger one. So food that made you feel full before you died, it will feel less satisfying as your diet goes on, and the extra hunger makes it that much harder to stick to your diet. To make matters worse, another counterproductive result of dieting is neurological changes that may make food seem even more tempting and even harder to resist than before. Brain imaging studies by Eric Stice and his colleagues found that when shown pictures of high-calorie foods, people who had lasted for as few as five hours that day or had lost even two pounds in the last two weeks had increased activation in brain regions associated with liking and craving those foods, paying attention to those foods, and being motivated to acquire and eat them. Well, this goes back to our episode two episodes ago about food porn. That's the whole point of provocative photos, cheesy photos, salty photos, because it's supposed to stimulate the brain to make you want to eat it. Stice and his colleagues also found that the longer you deprive yourself, the more appetizing and tougher to resist the foods get. Not surprisingly, these neurological changes have been linked to weight gain. None of this is to suggest that no one successfully loses weight and keeps it off for several years. Proven point, me. But based on surveys of those who do, conducted by Rena Wing at the Brown University's Alpert Medical School, these folks are not casual dieters. Exactly. Rather, they tend to make weight loss a singular focus of their life, weighing themselves and everything they eat every day. Now, I don't do either of those. I have not weighed myself. I think I've weighed myself one time in the last three years and maybe two times in the last 15 years. I don't weigh myself at all. And honestly, there's no reason to weigh yourself because your clothes will tell you if you're gaining or losing weight. If you start weighing yourself, you can, especially if you have OCD tendencies and control issues, you can become fixated and obsessed with that number. And that number doesn't mean anything because, for example, you could be gaining muscle and your, your pounds are going to go up. So don't go by that. And weighing everything you eat, nobody does that anymore. Nobody. That's like my mom when she was trying to lose weight in the 80s. Weight Watchers would give her like the scale and you had to weigh your, your, your chicken breast and weigh uh, your rice. Nobody does that anymore. They tend to eat the same foods in the same amounts most days and they exercise a ton, a minimum of an hour a day, seven days a week. Um, that's, that's true to a certain extent. As obesity expert Kelly Brownell, dean of Duke University School of Public Policy, told the New York Times, they never don't think about their weight. Eh, I mean, that's orthorexic to think that. If you don't know what orthorexia is, go back to our episode. I think it's episode 19 on the 12 steps, 12 signs that you might be an orthorexic. And orthorexic is fixated on food, clean eating, and eating well all the time. And that's the general definition of it. But I wouldn't say they... They never don't think about their weight. Now, I would say this, you know, if you go back to my episodes uh, 20 to 30, when I talk about my life after my weight loss, for sure the years, 5, 10, 15 years after my weight loss, yeah, you do obsess over it because your, your biggest fear is that you're going to gain your weight back and you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that doesn't happen. But I think as the years go on, you just care less. And also you implement certain biohacks that help you with maintaining your weight perfect example would be compressing your eating window. So despite the inspirational stories of a few outliers, the bottom line is that your goal to keep weight off is at odds with your body's goal to keep you alive. And your body has the upper hand making this an unfair fight. When the weight invariably comes back as it does for all, uh, all but about 5% of dieters, they shouldn't blame themselves. Uh, I don't agree with that. The problem isn't the dieter. 
I wouldn't agree with that either. The, the problem is that you're doing a fad diet that, that's untenable. The problem is dieting itself. Yes, I agree. As well as the constant temptations in our current food environment. Yes, to a certain extent, but you've got to practice restraint. Until people understand this, Weight Watchers will continue to create repeat customers instead of successful dieters. And Oprah will get an impressive return on her investment. All right, let's finish off this episode here. Okay, so is is Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig's, all these places, are they like some insidious evil company run by Dr. Evil and Number One and all these people? Um, I, I don't think they're run by the Illuminati or anything like that, like Monsanto. But I would say that they are a business. And for them to exist, their raison d'etre is to make money. And for them to make money, they need to have overweight people who are wanting to lose weight. And if you can create a system especially a system that's very still carbohydrate heavy like Weight Watchers is, you know, and you know the statistics and you know the psyops, you know the psychological stuff, you know the stats that says 95% of people who lose weight are going to gain it back. You know all these things, then you're set up. You are set up. So Weight Watchers is not evil, but they want to make money and they know that you are going to fail. Chances are you are going to fail. Okay, so am I saying don't do Weight Watchers? I'm not saying that. What I'm really saying is that everybody's different. Everybody loses weight differently. But I would say as a whole, the studies are pretty conclusive the last 10, 15 years, especially if you go to the first 30 MPE and occult health news episode, we really talk about food and wellness and clean eating and all that. The studies are very clear. You want to have a low refined sugar, low carb as a whole, diet, high fat, moderate protein, even low protein, depending on your age and your exercise output and if you're wanting to gain muscles. So what do we know? We know we want to limit sugar for a numerous amount of reasons. And I don't think Weight Watchers would disagree with that. What I do agree with this episode is, yes, we are set up just like the way Big Pharma sets us up to take their drugs. We are set up to emotionally eat and to binge eat with all the the inundation of fast food commercials and food porn that we're exposed to all the time. We are obsessed with food. We're obsessed with dieting. We're either in the process of losing weight, not most people, not everybody, because uh, I know people, for example, Kate. Kate's never had issues uh, with food and dieting, and she's had five kids, and she's in amazing shape. But in general, most people, and this includes men, we got the manorexia syndrome that men have now the last 10 years, but most people are are in a condition of either trying to lose weight or... Uh, trying to keep it off. You know, there, there's no one, or I, I would say there's very few people who have a very normal view of eating. Like I eat to live, and then when I'm no longer hungry, I stop. God bless you people who don't have to have that onus. But as a whole, we are obsessed with eating. If you look at the amount of money uh, that has increased, that goes to health club memberships. If you look at the amount that goes to Weight Watchers, if you look at the amount that goes to organic eating places like Whole Foods, we are spending a lot of money on this stuff. So the key is not to do a fad diet like the 30-day diet or the what's, what's the lemon juice uh, diet, the cookie diet, the, you know, all these shams. Yeah, you might lose some weight, but long-term, they are not maintainable. What is maintainable? Changing radically your lifestyle. 
this goes back to the episode where I talked about uh, with the uh, nosocomial infections being the, the third biggest killer, and I go through all the top 10 diseases that kill us. So this was three episodes ago, four episodes. And I'm talking about we just have to make a choice. We have to make a choice of changing radically our lifestyle. Now, you can use one of these fad diets to lose the weight if it helps, but then you got to radically change your diet. For example, you should increase your exercise, even though exercise really is only 20% of weight loss and weight maintenance, but it wouldn't hurt to exercise, especially if you know how to do it the right way. And then sleep well and fast and try to implement a keto diet and try to stay away from all those hormone disruptors that make us store fat and, and just all the things that we've talked about on this episode and in this this podcast feed. So my takeaway, my, my final takeaway is it can happen. So if any of you are wanting to lose weight, of course it can happen. Just know that the system is rigged for you to fail. Just like the system is rigged for us to fail on pretty much everything on everything. So just step back, use your discernment, and go back to those episodes I did on, on purging your pantry, purging your fridge. That's episodes like five and six and seven and the eating out guide. Go back to those and make wise decisions. And yes, you can lose weight and you can keep it off. But just be aware that Weight Watchers is not some benevolent company that really wants you to lose weight. The mottos might say that. And of course, you love the support group that you develop when you go to these meetings because these are all like-minded people. And there's a goal, just like CrossFit benefits from this mentality and hiking clubs and running clubs. And there's nothing wrong with that community effort. But just know you're entering an organization that ultimately doesn't want you to succeed. Because if everybody who succeeded who did Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig... Where would their customers come from and their profits would go away and they would theoretically close down? Just like the American Cancer Institute and American Heart Association and all the BS nonprofits that are out there, uh, the American Diabetic Association, they honestly... Now, the people who work there, the low-level people might not understand this, but the high-level people understand this, that if all these diseases were eradicated there'd be no profit to be made off disease and there's so much profit to be made from sickness. So the high-level people, the ones who are in control of the agenda, the ones who go to Bilderberg and the Bohemian Grove and to the Davos Economic Forum and all the ones that really control the, the true policy in this world, they don't want to eradicate disease. And Linus Pauling back in the 50s when he came up, go back to the vitamin C episode I did, he knew that when he came up with all the studies showing that high-dose vitamin C could potentially cure cancer and heart disease. They don't want that. They don't want that because they need to profit off our maladies. So again, big food gets us sick by giving us nutrient-deprived, processed, high-sugar food. Most diseases, going back to Linus Pauling has a favorite, famous quote about this, most diseases are based on mineral or vitamin deficiencies. And why are we vit vitamin and mineral deficient? Because the diet, because of the processed food and the crap that we eat. So we develop a disease or malady. And then, of course, since we're ignorant sheeple, the first thing we do is go to our front line of defense, which is our PCP, our family doctor. And since they're trained... Go back to that episode on Big Pharma's Control Medical School about 15 episodes back. 
they're trained to just prescribe drugs. So then we take the drugs, we go to Big Pharma, Big Pharma profits from us, but they really don't help us with their drugs because most of the time the placebos are just as effective of their, of their drugs as their drugs, plus you're not getting the adverse reactions of the drug. And then we're put on these drugs like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. They want us to be on these drugs, antidepressants for all of our lives. And eventually we get sick and then big hospital profits from us. And then, you know, at the end of our life. Don't fall into this. Step back. We, this doesn't have to be your life. Study. Do independent research. Break out of the matrix. Break out of that rubric that I just mentioned. Be your own independent person and go to resources like myself, like Bulletproof Executive, like, like Primal, like all these, these cutting-edge wellness podcasts. I'm not saying mine's cutting-edge, but you know what I'm saying. And get your truth from there. Don't get it from TV or mainstream websites and certainly don't get it from your doctor who might be well-intentioned but is poorly educated on diets and nutrition. As I mentioned, they're only, they only have one semester nutrition, medical school students, um, out of four years. So they don't know much about that and they normally don't study up on that after the fact. All right, so guys, last thing. Please pass this episode on to others. Anyone that you know who's in Weight Watchers or trying to lose weight, please forward this to them. I would appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so these episodes go straight to your phone. And as always, it takes 20 seconds. Post a review for MPE Radio and Occult Health News. It helps me. It works me up the rankings. Post a review for Confessions of an Obese Child. Go post a review for Kate's Apothecary. It would mean a lot to me. Enjoy your summer. Get that vitamin D. Go back to that episode I did. I think it's episode 20 on the dangers of sunscreen. Don't be using sunscreen. I posted something on my Instagram, which is at Occult Health News, about why we shouldn't be using sunscreen. Go to that. Go check that out. Don't be using the sunscreen unless you're using the mineral-based ones, which are the magnesium oxide and titanium dioxide ones. But honestly, you don't need it. You need to make vitamin D. Because vitamin D, connected to this episode, helps with weight maintenance, among other things. All right, guys. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathicearth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.